The following Knowledge at Wharton podcast is brought to you by the 2007 Wharton Economic Summit, being held April 12th and 13th in Philadelphia. Get the latest industry insights and business knowledge from 30 faculty-moderated panels. For event details, please visit 125th.wharton.upenn.edu forward slash summit. That's 125th.wharton.upenn.edu forward slash summit. Some media reports called it a Valentine's Day gift to Wall Street. When Federal Reserve Chairman Ben Bernanke appeared before Congress on February 14th and 15th, he gave an upbeat view of inflation and the economy, setting off a strong rally in stocks. The Dow Jones Industrial Average rose 87 points to 12,741.86. Bernanke told Congress that the economy seems to be moving to a slower but more sustainable rate of growth which suggests that the Fed will hold short-term interest rates steady at 5.25%, where they have been since last summer. Will stocks continue to perform strongly, or should the markets be prepared for any unpleasant surprises? Knowledge at Wharton asked Wharton Finance Professor Jeremy Siegel, who told us in his last podcast that the Fed is unlikely to raise interest rates anytime soon. Professor Siegel, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Mukul. So you were right. Uh, when Ben Bernanke went before the Senate Banking, Housing and Urban Affairs Committee last week, he said that the Fed would most likely hold interest rates steady for some time. Did you agree with his overall assessment of the economy? Oh, yes. I, I think Bernanke did a buffo uh, presentation. <laughs> Even the Democrats were who were, you know, wanting to needle him a little bit on some of the issues, uh, some of them said that he did very, very well. I mean, again, this is the first appearance before a Democratic Congress, um, and that looks like it might be for some time, so he's going to have to be used to those sort of questions. Uh, no news is good news. No new news is good news. Uh, it, it followed on exactly what the Fed had been saying. He really is following in the, in the footsteps of Greenspan. He's, he's, again, he's a quick learner. He knows how to handle um, the the political constraints he is under. Um, more and more, I'm impressed with him and think that uh, you know it's certainly most excellent choice for the Fed. What, in your view, is the outlook for stocks? Will they remain strong? We, we've had an unbelievable run. Uh, it was reported, I think, a couple of weeks ago in the USA Today, actually, that um, uh, we over 50 years uh, where the uh, that we have gone such a long period without the Dow Jones Industrial Average having at least a two percent uh, uh, reaction, it's really been incredible since since July. It's just been straight up, um, and those things don't you know those things break uh, one time or another. The interesting thing is it can break up as well as you know it, it can break downward. I I, th- I think the trends are still intact for an upward movement. Um, We're getting some softness. Uh, We may talk a little bit more about that later. Um, But as long as interest rates come down and stay down with that, uh, stocks can remain uh, firm. You know, like stocks, uh, bonds also rallied last week. In fact, you wrote in your newsletter that housing starts have come in much lower than expected. Uh, Industrial production is slower. And retail sales are softening as well. 
and that with inflation under control, that triggered a bond rally. Is that likely to continue? Uh, I, I think so, actually. I, I think we are getting some softness in the uh, indicators. Uh, last week, uh, as you said, uh, jobless claims, um, industrial production, even consumer expectations were on uh, uh, the weak side, capacity utilization. Uh, we need, we're going to get in the next couple of weeks some more indicators uh, to see whether this slowdown is going to be sustained or move forward. Uh, most people still think that this quarter is going to be two and a half to three. The big news is that last quarter, which was originally at three and a half, looks now like it's going to be revised all the way down to around two. So we're, we're sort of stuck in a two, two and a half percent range, which is below what the Fed considers the long run potential. That eases uh, capacity uh, constraints, eases pressure on the labor market, um, and I think could probably lead to uh, lower interest rates. So is there anything in the economy that that is worrying you? Uh, are you concerned about the trade deficit or about jobless claims? Uh, I'm not worried about the trade deficit. Um, uh, uh, you know, I, I've, I've said there's long-term reasons why that will be in, in deficit. Um, and uh, actually, there's some – last quarter is, is almost a turnaround quarter that we may start a little bit of improvement there. Um, uh, I also don't think that the housing situation is going to snowball into a severe downturn. Yes, housing starts uh, were lower, but we, we're also seeing some fascinating news uh, from the world-class cities such as uh, Manhattan and London that prices have started up again and sometimes uh, have even surpassed the uh, uh, peaks that they reached a year and a year and a half ago. So there is a lot of under, uh, underlying demand. Uh, I, I, I think I've talked to realtors again who say once you reduce the prices, you do get demand. So I think we're going to stabilize around 1.4 million and uh, as, as a housing starts and work off the excess inventory. I wonder if you could talk about the international situation a little bit. Uh, in our last podcast, uh, you had told us about your concerns about the Chinese stock market. Uh, more recently, there have been reports, and in fact, The Economist had a cover story about this, uh, uh, is that India is getting overheated. Uh, what do you think will happen with India? Yeah, I did read that. Um, I, I, I don't know if I agree wholeheartedly with them. Uh, what they're talking about is they're, you know, they do need a lot of infrastructure change, and they're worried about moving too fast on fr- some fronts and not on the other. But my experience is that that happened in China too. Different parts move at different paces. I think both China and India can move forward. Uh, they they threw out a number seven percent as what they thought was sustainable growth. Of course, China's eight to ten, but for India, but they didn't explain how they got that. Uh, uh, you know, uh, my uh, there's a lot of underemployed, unemployed resources in both China and India that can be brought into play to keep that growth at a rapid race for a while. Yes, infrastructure has to be done. I think everyone recognizes there's some reforms that have to be done. But I'm not sure that that will really slow the pace or, or whether when they're in a bubble that is unsustainable. Turning back to the domestic front, on February 8th, Fortress Investment Group became the first U.S. hedge fund investment manager to go public. Considering that the stock shot up dramatically on the first day of trading, do you expect more hedge funds to go public? And will this make hedge funds any more transparent? Well, I think part of their mystique is that they're not transparent. Maybe if they told what it was, they wouldn't go as high as they do. Uh, 
uh, you know, when there's only one thing around uh, as a play, it'll go to a premium. You know, a new a new thing like like this because people want to hold it, they want to trade it. There's liquidity there, and uh, it'll move to the premium. I mean, ultimately, it is what kind of returns they deliver. You know, it's my feeling is that the fee structure on head funds um, is. It, it, Although justified for some, there are good, very good people out there. There are some not so good people out there, and not going to justify uh, some of those fees. And when you read a few disappointments, that will knock the premium out. We don't know when that will happen. Um, you know, it could be in a week or two, or it could be you know in 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 six months or a year. But my feeling is is that that this sort of excitement about uh, investment media is is very cyclical. No. Continuing just further, a little bit more on hedge funds, uh, there's been a lot of uh, talk about the need to regulate them more. Uh, but there's also been some very interesting reports recently that hedge funds are becoming very actively involved in financing the campaigns of the various uh, presidential candidates. In fact, speaking of Fortress, I believe uh, John Edwards used to be a consultant to them until he resigned after he mm-hmm. declared his candidacy. Do you think all these efforts that the hedge funds are making is going to make it harder for uh, 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 them to be regulated in the future? Well, I am not a big fan of the regulation of, of, of hedge funds. Um, I'm not. Um, I'm not too. Thir- I'm not too certain that they represent a threat to the financial system, either that they're all on one side of the market um, or not. I, I, I'm one of these people that are very caveat emptor. And um, uh, I mean, these are, you have to have a certain amount of wealth to get into them. And you got, you got to understand the risks. And I don't, you know, my, my feeling is, is that you take risks and you have to, you have to uh, suffer with the consequences. Um, could they precipitate a crisis? Not with the Fed on top of it. The Fed can defuse any crisis if everyone gets on one side of the market and things are out of control. The Fed is the ultimate source of liquidity. I think that could prevent that from spinning out of the control. So at this particular point, let people you know, follow those paths that they think are most profitable. Uh, let's end with our usual question. Uh, considering everything that's going on, what is the best strategy for investors in the coming weeks? Well, again, for the long-term investors, I would I would stand pat. Uh, you know, I still like stocks. I still like international stocks. Um, I might shade down a little bit with REITs. Uh, the real estate investment trusts have had an incredible boom, um, and I'm not saying they're going to bust particularly. But if you got some good capital gains in those, I would sort of spread them. Uh, towards uh, international stocks uh, and big cap stocks, which I still think give good value and are positioned for good returns for investors. Professor Siegel, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. For more information, please visit our website at knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.